0: Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give a hand clap to the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, welcome, Church of Omaha. I am thankful that you are here today on this 4th of July, the Declaration of Independence. The, what I like to think of as the founding of this country. Um, obviously, we didn't have the Constitution yet, but then we declared our independence. So, happy 4th of July. Um, and, uh, but I want to turn to Philippians chapter 3, um, and I'm going to go ahead and start at verse 12. Um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, anoint your messenger and anoint the hearers. God, anoint the hearts of your people. God, we want to pursue after you. We worship you and we praise you. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Um, we've been reading this last month anyways. We um, One of the books that we read was Philippians and and as I began to read this passage, it jumped off the page at me, and it's worked really. It's worked in my heart for um, the last few weeks here. I'm not sure exactly the period of time, but for, for a period of time here. And and this verse right here, though, not as though I had already attained or either were already perfect, but I follow after that if I may apprehend that which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And that word apprehend in the King James, it... it Kind of reaches into me, and I see Christ reaching into my life and, and and coming over. And brother Russell, I'll pick on you for a moment, but but here I am. I'm in life. You want to stand up for a second? I, I'm going on my journey, and 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 I'm doing my thing, and I'm walking along. And Christ comes along. Jesus comes along, and He says, "I got you." Yeah. It, 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 um, you may be seated, but it's a little bit like the not that Jesus arrested us, but. You know, he was from the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, Jesus had a plan to save you. He had a plan to reach into sinful nature before mankind was ever even created or had sinned and said, Hey, when I am rejected, I'm going to come up with a way to get back my people. I'm not just going to make somebody and then when they fail or mess up, walk out on them. Oh, I'm so thankful that God did not walk out on us. Oh, can we give him a hand clap? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, we raise children and the first time they mess up or the third time or the fifth time or any number of times, we're not like, well, that didn't work out for you. Sorry. New kid, bring him in the door. You know, this isn't some factory line where we make a product and we say, Well, that didn't work out, and toss it out the door. We're not Thomas Edison with his, what, I forget the number, thousands of of tests that he did and said, oh, not this type, not that one. No, Jesus has looked into your life. Brother Jeremy talked about it last week when he talked about the potter. He's reworking you. He's shaping you. He hasn't given up on you. I'm so thankful that God had a plan before the foundation of the world to save me. But when I read this passage, it says, I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, and he stretched forth his hands, and they hung him on that tree, and he uttered those words, it is finished. In that moment, he had completed his work. He had paid the price for sin. And on that weekend, he was um, beaten for us. He was slain for us. He was buried in a tomb. And he rose again. And he saved us from sin. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He went in there and said, Satan, you no longer have authority. I have apprehended my people. Oh, I no longer have to p- do another purchase. I don't have to do work another day. I've done everything that I need to do to save their souls. I've done everything I need to do to bring them back to life and to deliver them from sin. Oh, I'm thankful for the work of God. Oh, Satan likes to come along, and he likes to get in your head, and he likes to tell you, you know, you're not worth it, and, and he likes to put you down, and there's no hope for you. And Jesus is saying, I've already won the battle. Oh, this thing is already over. In our men's meeting this last month, oh, we were, we were talking about heavenly places, and see, we, we, um, the Jewish people, when you're reading about this and you see about the sinful nature and you see about this wicked world and then you read about heavenly places, that uh, the Jewish people would look at that and they would say, hey, um, right over here, I'm standing in front of Brother Kennedy and this is no means picking on you or Brother Russell, but right in this area, this is our sinful nature. And if we drew a line right here at this aisle, and we draw that line and we step over here, this would be heavenly places. And so they're saying, hey, this earthly sinful nature, this is darkness. And what happened in darkness, there was chaos. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And so when you talk about sinful nature and and dark places, you're talking about this right over here. And And they look at it and they say, but one day... Jesus is going to come. Well, they, don't, they, they rejected Jesus, but God's going to come, and there's going to be, going to be a new reign, and we're going to be in heavenly places, and there's going to be the heavenly kingdom, and all that chaos is going to be gone, and now we're going to be in a perfect place. We're going to be in a place of light. We have darkness, and we have light. In light, you have created things, things put together. In darkness, you have chaos and voids and, and emptiness. But what did Jesus do on the cross? Oh, he said, I know we still have sinful nature. I know we still have chaos and darkness in the world, but I'm going to do an overlap. See, heavenly places is already here with us. When he died on the cross, when he rose again, and when he filled you with his spirit, he brought you into heavenly places. Oh, and so you're standing here. Brother Sal, come right here. You're you're in your sinful nature. You're you're in your flesh. Not your sinful nature, but you're in your flesh. And, And and so in your flesh, you're thinking, I'm in this world that's full of darkness and chaos and struggle. And, and, and Paul writes about that. He writes about how in our, our, our flesh, you know, we're wrestling and, and we're sinning. And in our minds, we want to live for Jesus and we want to serve him. But, but we're subject to the law. And, and in the law, we're wrestling in the flesh. And he's like, what can we do about this? Oh, but then he says, but thanks be to God. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, when Jesus went to the cross, he made it so that you no longer had to serve the flesh. You didn't have to serve sin. So you're right here, Sal. You're in this time of darkness and in, in sinful time. But you have been filled with light. Oh, you no longer walk in darkness. Oh, you're not bound by darkness. You can be seated. Oh, you're, you're not trapped in that anymore. Oh, as so you see, we sometimes read that passage that Paul wrote there. And when we're reading it, we're thinking, oh man, I can really relate to this. Boy, oh boy, I, I see myself right there. And this Romans chapter 7, verses 21 through 25, he says, um, I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And there's this wrestling back and forth. But then he goes, Aha! I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he kind of reverts a second and he says, so then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But then we stop because Paul said, hey, Romans chapter 8, it flows right in there. There is, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. You live in heavenly places right now. You don't have to be bound by the flesh. You don't have to be bound by sin. So on that for a moment, I have been there. And I'm not saying that I don't find myself there different times. uh, But I'm like, why am I doing this sin? Oh, I'm bound. It doesn't seem I can get away from it. Has anybody found themselves ever? thinking I go to church, I live for God, maybe I've even been filled with the Holy Ghost and yet I'm fighting something over here and I can't seem to get out of it? I wish I would stop going back to this pig pen of sin? Am I the only one? Maybe I shouldn't raise my hand. Would somebody else please come up here and preach? (laughs) No, I've been there. You've been there. You may find yourself wrestling something right now. Oh, I bring you... I bring you hope oh but not just hope as in it could happen everything you need is right here today Jesus will fill you with his power Oh, with his spirit and his love. And you can say, God, I can't fight with that anymore. It has to go in the name of Jesus. I am not leaving this place until this wrestling goes out. What wisdom do I need? What knowledge do I need? Do you need me to walk a path? Can you just take it right now? Whatever it is, Jesus, I want to do that right now. And I'm telling you, he'll do it. He will do it. He will either give you, a okay, I've given you the strength. This is what you need to do when you go home. Take those things out of there. Do this with your phone. Uh, This is the decisions you were making. Maybe he says there's some people you need to apologize to. Maybe he sends you to someone and you have to sort through some things. I don't know what path he has, but that will happen for you today because God does not intend for you to live in your sinful nature. And so that brings me, we have been apprehended of Jesus Christ. But Paul wrote, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend. So I've been apprehended of Jesus Christ, but he says I follow after that I may apprehend. Verse 13, he says, Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and we'll come back to that in a little bit but paul is telling us he's saying hey guys you know what he apprehended me he captured me he saved my soul he took away my sins he paid the price he came and dwelt in my heart He said you're good enough for the God of glory who is without sin to live in Isn't that awesome? You look at yourself and you say i'm just a dirty thing and he says then why am I living in your heart? And when you feel that conviction working over you See the devil likes to bring condemnation Conviction says, you're like, you start to go do this. Maybe you pulled up that movie. And Jesus is like, I did not want to watch that. And he's pushing on you. And you feel that. And he's saying, I don't, I don't want to be there. That's conviction. The devil's over here saying, look at you, loser. Bam. <laughs> so yeah, he saved you. Yeah, you're going to hell now. You watched that movie. I don't know, you can put whatever you want in that spot. I'm not here to pull out the grossest of sins that we could discover. But Jesus is bringing conviction, not to leave you there, but to say, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to, that's not, we're cleaning you up. Let's come back here, let's get cleaned up. Let's get cleaned up. You see, Paul says, not as though I had already attained. He said that I may apprehend Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Church, we need to get a mindset that I'm in it till the end. We need to get a mindset that I am still pursuing after Jesus Christ. If you flip back to the book of Romans and you go over to chapter 6, Paul warns us here. He he tells us about how Christ has has saved us. And he says, now verse 8 says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death no more, hath dominion over him. He won his battle. He has apprehended. For in in that he died, he died once unto sin, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he's saying you're dead to sin. You're alive. You're dead. And you're alive. Mm. Oh, that's where we get people sometimes that come along, though, and they say, Well, I came to an altar. I raised my hands. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Oh, he washed away my sins. I, I repented. I was. They'll, they'll even say I was baptized in Jesus' name. He filled me with His Spirit. Some will even go that far, and they'll say I'm now saved. Others will simply stop at I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and and they have a phrase, and we like to say once they call it once saved, always saved. Oh, they take that. I'm saved by grace and not by works. And they almost make it a license to sin any way you want. And when you talk to them and you say, Well, I messed up and I sinned. And they're like, Well, if somebody's sinning, that means they never actually gave their life to Christ. I'm like, How do you know then? Well, I trust that I know. I've had these conversations with people. It's messed up. Well, I gave my life to Christ, but then you went off and lived in sin. Well, then you didn't really give your life to Christ. Okay? You see, they're wrestling. I'm telling you today that when you repented of your sins, when you were baptized in the name of Jesus, and He came in your heart, and you knew because not just did you feel Him, but you began to speak in that other language. God did not leave you in doubt whether He had saved you or not, but God filled you with His Spirit, and He has saved your soul. So if you find yourself in sin, it's because you chose to go back to sin. God never took away your ability to choose. That's why Paul writes in Romans. He then goes on after he says, Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He then says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. What's that saying? That's saying, Don't sin. You don't have to. You're not a slave to sin. Neither yield yourself members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. He said, verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. That means rule over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. He goes, what then shall we sin? We are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Now, that's a game we like to play. Has anybody ever played the game? I really want to do this right now. I really want to do this sin. Nobody's called it sin, maybe. I really want that. We'll go back to the movie. But I just really want to watch this movie. And Jesus is like, but I don't want to watch that movie. That that movie's no good. (laughs) I know it's got that R rating on it, but hey, it's an R rating for this, 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 and that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Would you you know and 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 he's he's pushing on you, right? And you're like, I'll just repent later. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll just but you might have consciously or in your subconscious right back over here, you knew this isn't right, and then you got done, and you're like, man. And then you found a place of repentance. Don't play games with God. That's what he's saying here. What then, shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Can we say that? Well, I can sin. I can do that because I'm under grace. He says, God forbid... Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So if this is sin right here, and this is righteousness right over here, God saved you, and he brought you into righteousness, you don't have to go back to that. He took you. He brought you out and he puts you right here. But you can take a walk back over and you say, well, it doesn't have dominion. And Paul is saying, if you decide to serve it, that's the servant that you're unto. That's who you're serving. You, You don't get to say, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, but I'm just over here. If you know the story of Samson, Samson had all this strong might and power God had had made him mighty. He was a Nazarite. He was supposed to be pure and holy unto God. But he went over here, and he would play around, and then he would shake himself, and he would run back over. Then he would come over, and he'd play around, and he'd shake himself, and he would come back over. And he would do this time and again, and as a young man, he would do this. And one day, he played around too long. And he got sucked in, and he got trapped, and he got his eyes plucked out, and everything he loved was taken, and and he's imprisoned, and he's no longer ruling over Israel, and he's no longer that Savior that God intended for him to be. And all his strength and everything he had was gone, because that's what sin will do to you. And he, lo- he loved the women over there. And he loved the friends and the parties. And, and he loved that he could just rip out the gates and walk away and go back to church anytime he wanted. But then he would come back, that strong man, Samson, that great deliverer, until finally it snared him and pulled him under. The, the enemy was looking at whatever means can I trap him and keep him. Not just because can I keep Samson, but because what does that do to Israel? Because Samson had a mission by God. And you have a mission given by God. And when you play over here, you're not fulfilling that. And it suffers. There was people to be delivered by Samson. To be kept delivered by Samson. And by playing over here, they were also being entrapped and ensnared. God has purpose for you. Oh, so don't play in sin. When Samson finally came back and he cried out to God, it cost him his life. He said, God, take my life here that I may be avenged of my eyes. And He died there. He died there. Oh, we do not want to go back and play with sin. Play with sin. See, you have a choice. That's why Paul says, he says, not as though I had already attained. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Christ has apprehended you. You in your, this fleshly body can live in heavenly places. But you also can go back and serve sin. That's why he says, hey, get this mindset. You see, Paul said forgetting those things which are behind. Paul gave out a nice list of accolades. He said, Look at these things. Look at all I got here. Look at this. It's, it's awesome. It's great. And you gotta put it behind you. You gotta put it behind you. We've had some quizzers, quiz uh, well, this last yesterday and Friday and then a week ago. And my my one Liam, he's not in here this morning. But when I was at the table with him, <laughs> and the quiz wasn't going so well. And even when it would go well, I kept saying to him, Hey, I want you to forget. That last question, whether you got it right or you got it wrong. Whether you got it right or whether you got it wrong. Why? Because you're running a race here. You're you're in this race and and, and, and it's about the next step. It's about going the next, the, 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 the next mile. It's about what are you doing next. It's about the next question. Paul writing to the Galatians and um, Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 he says you did run well. Who did hinder you or who did stop you? That you should not obey the truth. You see it, it's just like quizzers it's like our quizzing. Hey I maybe got that last question right but now you're on to the next question and until you get to the end of the quiz it's another step. Until you get to the end of the race it's another thing. And so you can't live on yesterday's victory except to say you know what i was able to overcome through jesus christ then and i'm gonna overcome on my next situation let's give him a hand clap he that began a good work in me is faithful to complete it that's what your victories tell you and you know what your sins tell you you know what the missed question tells you you look at that and you say okay you know what that's behind me. I have another chance. I have another opportunity. I have a tomorrow. And so that's my yesterday. That's what God brought me out of. I maybe was a loser back here. But I'm now going to be a victor. And if you mess up that next one, you say I'm taking another step. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to forget those things that are behind you. And you got to go forward. You can't say I apprehended I got the I got the trophy you know what we quizzed some quizzes this year and we've beat some we've been beat by some teams and yet some of those teams we've been beat by we beat this weekend and I am telling you that those teams and we're friends with them but we might have beat them a month or they might have beat us a month ago and they walked away with the trophy and they did not say yesterday when we walked away with the trophy, wow, but I, I won a month ago. <laughs> I am telling you, it does not feel good. It, when you, if you are in the Super Bowl and you're like, you get beat, you're like, well, I played them in the Super Bowl last year, so it's okay. No, that was last year's Super Bowl. When, when you go to Tom Brady and you talk about his losses, oh, he's like, it hurts. He hates losing to the Giants. He's like, what happened here? He doesn't, yes, I won those other ones, but I lost this one. I lost this one. You know, as I said that, I thought about souls. Because each and every one of you matter. And Colton, I'll pick on you back there for a second. (laughs) This isn't really you. This is just you being picked on, okay? Nobody... Don't look at Colton and say he's sinned, okay? But Colton, if you decided to walk out on this, and you say, well, I'm just one, and I don't know how much number we have here. Sometimes I tell people we run 100, 150. Fourth of July, we're a little low today, but uh, um, Colton, you never, and each one of you put yourself in his shoes, you never say, well, they got the rest of them. Because I might be over here rejoicing with Brother Kennedy, and I might be all excited and all happy and, and I'm with Brother Terry and, and we're all excited. But we're like, where's Colton? Because that loss, it rips, it tears. You, you got to win the end. You, you're, you're meant to go clear to the end. So keep on keeping on. He brought you out of sin. Don't go back and make it your every day. Your every day. So I want to talk, let highlight another point here, another little twist on this. See, when I read this passage, I think of the race. Paul would refer to different sports things, and I do too, right? He didn't talk about the Patriots in the Super Bowl, though. I'd have appreciated that. Um, never mind, that was terrible. But, uh, um, but Paul would talk about running a race, he'd talk about boxing, and, and here I see this, this running a race. And races have a definite end. You're, you're, you're here and you get all set, and 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 you know, I can beat, I can, I can beat some people at a good sprint. I'm pretty good at that. I'll challenge the kids and I'll take off and and they won't catch me. And then I get around the corner, I'm like, huh? <laughs> and Oh no, here they come, and I take off again, and I know inside I've got a limit. Right? I'm like, is this and so we set the marker. We did this at the, the picnic that we had. We had a picnic recently, and, and uh, the kids, we challenged the kids, and I'm a lot bigger than them, and so they thought they could beat me, and I took off, and, and you know what? We beat them. I beat little kids. It was great. And, but I set a marker, and I was like, okay, if I can race from here to that wall, I got this. And it's great when we have markers in our mind. We're like, okay, I, I can do this. There's a thing called the Appalachian Trail. It's 2,000 miles long, roughly. It takes people nearly six months to hike it. Does anybody want to hike that Appalachian Trail? That's one of those things I've always had in my mind, and, and I, as a kid especially, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do one day. You can also hike the whole Pacific Crest Trail, the Rocky Mountain Trail. and, and So if you hike the entire length of the Appalachian Mountains, they say it'll take you about six months, 2,000 miles. I was reading on a website, and um. And they were talking about, well, who, who hikes this? Well, blind hikers have hiked it. Elderly people over 70 have hiked it. People that have had amputations have hiked it. People that weigh over 300 pounds have hiked it. Um, kids have hiked it. I read once about the Appalachian Trail, and it really didn't matter if you were physically in shape, such as myself, a great exercise phenon. Or you were more pudgy over here and a bit more Santa Claus ish. It, it really didn't matter. they seen people who were like, I'm an exercise phenon. I run every day and I go five miles, 10 miles. I've run marathons. Okay. In this thing, one of the things I was reading, how do you prepare for hiking the Appalachian Trail? They said, well, go out for two days, hike for two days. Stay overnight and see how you do it. You know what it is? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And so the person that's great in shape, they go one day. They go two days. They go three days. Then they get in there and they're like, man, the next day again? I got a cramp right back here. They, the next day again? Five days in? But the person that says one foot, two foot, they started out extremely overweight everybody else passed them and yet they got to the end of the appalachian trail and they were physically fit they were in great shape and the exercise trainer never even made it but maybe a week because you had to make a decision it wasn't about how many donuts had you eaten or not eaten it was about am i taking the next step There's another gentleman, Clifford Young, if you want to throw him up there. I like this story. See, in Australia, there's a race that's 543 miles. That's not 2,000. It's a race. And people will come out, and they would run this race, and they would run for about 18 hours, which is pretty extreme, I think. They would run this race, and then they'd run about 18 hours. They'd take a break, and they'd sleep, get a little refresher, and then they would run again, and they were runners, They had this down. And so they run this race in Australia. 543.7 miles, 875 kilometers. It's an endurance race. And one day, one day this gentleman shows up. His name's Clifford Young. I believe he was 61 years old. And Clifford Young shows up and he shows up in coveralls, bib overalls right? He shows up in work boots. And I'm like, okay. And uh, he shows up, and now I'm like, was it work boots? So If I have that detail wrong, you can go back and read it. And people are like, look at him. <laughs> There's no way. What is he doing here? And this old man shows up. Has he raced? No, no, I don't race, but I work out on the farm. He had sheep, and he had to chase, and, and, and he says, I think I can do this and then they all begin to run, and here's Clifford Young. And they're like, he's, look at his gant, look at his run, it's terrible, it's horrible, that, that, that's not how you do it. And he's like, I got this. And so they all begin to run, and way back here's Clifford Young, going along. And, and they run there 18 hours, and they take a break, and, and he keeps running. He doesn't stop, he shuffles along. It's called today the young shuffle and he just keeps shuffling and he keeps going and you know who finished that race? You know who came in at the end? Oh, by refusing to stop for sleep, Cliff narrowed his gap, edging closer and closer to the front of the pack. By the last night, that signature shuffle wasn't so funny anymore. It had powered him through to the first place position Everyone looked at him and said, you can't do this. You're not qualified. You've got everything wrong. But he said, i made up my mind. And I think if I just keep going. Oh, the race is not to the swift. And it's not to the strong. Oh, but he that endureth to the end. Oh, I'm just going to keep shuffling. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep, when I fall down, I'm going to get back up. Oh, you might make fun of my walk. Oh, but one day somebody's going to look back, and they're going to they're gonna name something after you. They're going to say, I'm going to do it like Kiara. Yeah. Oh, that's what the, hallelujah. So today, runners have now adopted that. They don't stop for sleep. They've looked at that shuffle, and they said, well, something worked there. Let, let me copy that. He went on to run more races. He got to the end of the race and discovered there was money to be had. He's like, well, I don't need this money. So he split it amongst the other racers. And they're, well, thanks. And uh, the young shuffle, Clifford Young. So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind, my victories and my defeats. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark. I want to get into your mindset today. Until you die, you're in a race. This isn't from here to the back wall. This isn't from here to to, uh, just a marathon, right? Just a marathon. No, this is your life. And you are going to take one step at a time. We're gonna forget those things which are behind. We're gonna reach ahead to those things which are before. Yesterday's victories, they're only for our encouragement for the future, and our failures are for His praise. Oh, I don't care if you prayed 3,000 times, pray again. I don't care if you've already read this Bible. Read it again. I don't care if you were honest for 2,000 days. Be honest today. I don't care if you were the most perfect person for the last 30 years. That's behind you. That's, you did that for Jesus. You lived for Jesus. So live today for Jesus. Oh, and then look at what he's placed in front of you. Look at that relationship that you continue to have. Look at that that soul you can reach. Look at those greater things you can discover in God. I promise you, you just keep talking to Jesus. You just humble yourself before Him. You just obey His voice. And He's going to get better and better. You can't begin to explore the ends of His riches and greatness. The peace and the understanding and the joy that He'll bring Oh, it's new every morning. Oh, you're like, wait a second. I I never felt God quite that way before. And you know what? It can be the same thing. And it's like, I'm so glad I'm here with you today. We got some married couples in the house. I promise you, if a married couple said, I don't like that person, and they begin to hate that person, that marriage needs to take a turn. When you get married, it's for a lifetime. When you put on that ring, it's for a lifetime. You can't think, okay, this marriage is good until, yeah, no, don't set a date on your marriage, and don't set a date on Jesus Christ, and don't think that you're going to take a side little trip over here, because at the end of the day, you may never come back, oh, but you're in it to the end, you're in it until the end. So reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Let us therefore be as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. You know what? God, if my mind isn't quite right, show me. Show me. Could we stand to our feet? I didn't put this verse for you, but Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And I want you to hear me today. He that began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. I don't want it to be said you did run well. What happened to you? What pulled you to the side? What got you distracted? It's not about that you have, I'm just like Pastor Lucas. No, don't compare yourself to others. Take one step and the next step and the next step. And you can say, I ran yesterday so I can run tomorrow. Can we close our eyes and just talk to the Lord for the moment? Oh, God, there be anything in our hearts or our lives that we've placed in front of you. Anything, God, that, that we've put a timetable on and, and we've not decided, God, we're not necessarily going to trust you like we should. God, those that maybe are struggling or tempted, Lord, to do something else. God, reveal to us, Lord, if our mindset isn't to forget those things which are behind and to press forward. Oh, but God, we want to reach forward into the things that you have. And we're telling you today that we're in it till the end. Go ahead and tell him that. Jesus, I'm in it till the end. I'm in it till the end. Oh, can we just give him some love for a moment? I love you, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Oh, God, and I'm here. I'm with you yet today, and I'm with you tomorrow. And you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I trust that you've been encouraged today, and you have a mindset that you're going to be in it till the end. God bless you. Come back in here at 1120, and we want to kick this church service off. Thank you.